You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. So you'll notice there at the start of the podcast, what happens is there's a little bit of audio that introduces the podcast, lets you know what you're listening to and who I am as well. And then there's a little bit of music, boom, bubba dum bubba dum And then this starts. And so the podcast consists of three different sections. That little bit of intro that has been pre-recorded that I use each time. The little bit of music, which has also been pre-recorded that I use each time. And then this bit, which I do on the fly, where I'm talking about what I want to talk about in terms of the episode itself. Now, if you heard the last episode, the one where I'm talking about the three different types of depression, what you'll notice is that I just start talking straight away. And it's only at the end of the episode that the introduction comes in, followed by the introductory music. I got the whole thing the wrong way round. And yet, as imperfect as it was that I got it the wrong way round, People have still contacted me to say that they found it helpful. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about perfection. You know, there was a a study done back in 2012 where they had two people, two groups of people rather, um, who were trying to lose weight. And they gave them the same diet, but one group They were allowed to have bread and the other group were not allowed to have bread. Now, whenever you get involved in something like, you know, you think I'll try and lose a little bit of weight and you'll come up with a strategy. People will start trying to improve your strategy. They'll try and make your strategy that little bit more perfect. They'll say things like, "Ooh, you shouldn't be having bread. Bread's all carbs. And so this study is kind of interesting because even though these two groups had the same diet, the only thing that was different is that one group were allowed bread and the other wasn't. And they did this for 16 weeks. And by the end of it, they both lost exactly the same amount of fat, which is surprising, isn't it, for those who were trying to make it more perfect by cutting out the bread. But what was more telling wasn't the amount of fat loss, which was the same. But in the first group that were not allowed any bread, 21% of those people dropped out. They simply found it unable to stick to for the full 16 weeks. Now, there were some dropouts from those who were allowed bread as well, but only 6%. So they had the same amount of Fat loss, which was the goal. But in the perfect group, the one that actually took out the bread, the one that actually tweaked it closer to perfection, it was just hard to stick to. And more than one in five of them dropped out. But only 6% dropped out when they were allowed to have the imperfect system where you're allowed the bread. And this kind of sums up for me how perfectionism works and I'd like to talk about three different things that are problematic around perfectionism. The first one is the really obvious point that perfectionism is absolutely impossible. 
And that's the whole thing about perfectionism, I suppose, that it has to be perfect. It has to be absolutely without blemish. And so for the most part, it's an impossible goal that we will strive for and then always just feel disappointment for never having achieved it. And you might be thinking, well, perfectionism isn't always impossible. You can have, I don't know, a spelling test and there might be a hundred different items on the spelling test and you can score a hundred. But the really joyless thing about perfectionism is even on those occasions where it is possible, what's not possible is joy. Because when we're headed in for perfectionism, all we really get there is at best we get relief because we managed to hit 100. We managed to get the perfect score. But it's not a joyful thing because that's what we were striving for. So we just feel kind of relief. And it gives us this, this awful choice, I suppose, this kind of double bind where we either get mere relief, joyless relief on the one hand, or we get heartbreaking disappointments on the other. So that's the first problem. The perfectionism for the most part is impossible. And even where it is possible, it means that we either get joyless relief or real disappointment. The second problem with perfectionism is it results in a freeze of do-nothingness. Now, there's lots of people who have all sorts of wonderful creative impulses, but don't act upon them through the fear that this thing that they're going to create is not perfect. The amount of novelists out there who never write their novel because it has to be a great novel. And so they never start writing at all. And so perfectionism stops us from creating stuff that would really contribute to the world. Perfectionism stops us doing things for ourselves that would contribute. Because if it's not perfect, then we do nothing in the in the kind of terrified freeze that what we're going to do is going to be imperfect. And yet that imperfect thing could really add a great deal. But the final reason why perfection is problematic is it because it redefines what is optimal in a way which is not helpful. So when we think of what is optimal, we go back to the people with the bread and we say, oh, you best take the carbs out. You best take all that bread out because it's full of carbohydrates and that's not good for you. And so you end up tweaking it for something that we believe is optimal, only to ensure that 21% of people don't stick to it. And so I'd like to give a different definition of what is optimal. What is optimal is the program that you actually do. What is optimal is not the perfect thing, but the thing that you will stick to. Now, if I was to decide that I was going to start running, for instance, starting with a marathon would not be a good idea 
having that perfectionist thing where I say, I've got to run a marathon, that wouldn't be a good start. Firstly, it probably wouldn't do me very good. Secondly, I might go into that do-nothing freeze. But thirdly, it's probably not something that I would stick to if the only way I could go running is if I ran 26 miles every day. Far better then to say I'm going to run for 30 seconds if 30 seconds is something that I'll actually do. Far better to be in the diet group that was allowed the bread if it means that you got a 94% chance of sticking with it. Far better to be in that group that sticks with it than to be in the other group which is far more likely to drop out. And so let's recap then. We look first of all, didn't we, at this study where the group that tweaked for perfection just had so many more dropouts, 21% dropouts compared to just 6% to those who had the less perfect diet strategy. And yet that was the one that performed better because more people stuck to it. And we looked at the impossibility of perfectionism and how even when it is possible, all it leaves you with is that joyless relief or terrible disappointment. We saw how the perfect is the enemy of the good because you have to write the great novel rather than just a novel that people will enjoy. And so it stops people from starting. And finally, we looked at that redefinition of optimal, that the optimal thing is the programme you actually do, whether that be a diet or fitness or whether it be something else entirely, like maybe writing that novel or whatever it is that you want to achieve in life. The real definition of optimal is the thing that you will do and the thing that you will stick to. So if you found this useful, then please share the episode so other people can find it useful too. If you'd like to work with me directly, I'm Alan Parry, and you can find out more at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And of course, I work not just in the Liverpool area because I work online as well with video and telephone calls. And of course, please do subscribe to the podcast as well because it's completely free and it means you'll never miss an episode again. So Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back on the next one.